Welcome to the Westminster Chapel podcast. For more information and to support our mission to London and beyond, please visit westminsterchapel.org.uk. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in views of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment and according with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited, do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for the Lord's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him, if he's thirsty, Give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not, um, do not overcome evil with evil, but with good. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you very much. A great job. Thank you. Family business up here. Viola, then son. So good to uh, be with you this morning. So good to be in the word of God looking at Romans chapter 12. Please keep your Bible open. And uh, we, we, we're going to be focusing particularly on one verse, but uh, it's good just to see it within its context. If you were here last week, and I know that uh, because of London, a lot of us have sort of like got the challenges of work and, 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 and sometimes we miss a week. We began a new series last week. Andy, uh, one of the elders here, talked about a series called Life and Death. And uh, if you were here, you'll remember that he encouraged us to make a butterfly. Here's uh, one that was made earlier. Uh, I'm sure none of you got quite as good as this. This is done by my wife at home, uh, following a video nice and slowly. And it's more colorful than the one you did last night, it, last week, even Phil's. And uh, looks a little bit more like a butterfly. Mine looked like a squashed toad uh, that had been run over by a car. But... This is a butterfly, and Andy made the point last week that however pretty, however 
beautifully folded, however you might think, oh, that's very good. It has no life. It has no life. And we're looking at a series to encourage us as a family, not as individuals, but as a family, as a church, to know the life of God, the life of the Spirit, which is where Paul is arriving to in the book of Romans. And the word he uses of transformed, what God has done in our life, this transformed is the word which we get metamorphosis from. The incredible miracle of a caterpillar that transforms through the pupa into a beautiful omega or, or full-grown butterfly, which is completely different from that of a caterpillar. And uh, we're, we're looking at that. And, and Andy, I mean, it was a very powerful message and very clever message, talked about how you fold in origami to achieve this aim and talks about the opening parts of Romans here saying not to be conformed, not to be folded, not to be bent into shape by the world that is around us. And he talked about five Ps. He talked about the fingers of our hands that fold and talks about how the world out there, whether it's our parents, whether it's politics, whether it's what we do with the social media, they, they, they fold us to think in a certain way about our lives and about ourselves and about society. And he talked about that uh, on the end of our hands is the arm of culture, but actually the body that is driving the arm and the hands is principalities and powers, and the head is a demonic, strong, satanic head, Satan himself, that wants to control people and society and take them into places of darkness and war and breakdown. Now, that's the backdrop onto which we are looking at Romans 12 because we are the body of Christ. This is the teaching of the New Testament that Christ is the head of his body, the church. And so there is a, a beautiful head. The body is the church universal, the church that began at the very day of Pentecost and will come to an end at the, the return of Christ and the arm is the local church. And this morning, I want to remind you as we look at this passage that the fingers are the church in terms of one anothering, in terms of small groups, in terms of preaching on Sunday and ministries and apostolic ministry. All of these things are here to help us, not you, help us be folded and conformed into a beautiful community which resembles Christ to the world. That's really important you understand that. Now the problem that you and I have, it's a massive problem, is you and I aren't that happy with who we are. We're quite happy with how everybody else is, but we're not quite happy with who we are. I read a story that Charlie Chaplin was on holiday in Europe. And he visited a town, and he found in this town there was a Charlie Chaplin walking competition. And so he entered it. There were 40 people who entered the Charlie Chaplin walking competition, and he thought to himself, I stand a good chance. He came 20th. 
Even Charlie Chaplin wasn't as good as the imitation Charlie Chaplin. And brothers and sisters, I want you to know this, that many of us spend our lives pretending to be the person we think everybody else wants us to be rather than the person that God wants us to be. And that's why Romans 12 is going to be really important for us to look at. Are we living the God-shaped, God-called, eternally desired, God-loved, spirit-empowered life that Christ has won for us? Or are we being shaped by the pattern of Christianity, by the pattern of religion to a life that is a sham and false? It's very easy, brothers and sisters, to look good on a Sunday. I'm wearing a jacket, and many people say, oh, you're looking very smart this morning. I'm doing it on purpose, because the very first time I was asked to preach at Westminster Chapel, which goes back many, many years, I had a letter saying, please make sure you wear a tie and a jacket, if not a suit. I had to look the part in order to, so I, I dressed up really smart for my first appearance at Westminster Chapel. Nowadays, you get people wearing shorts on the platform. <laughs> Romans 12 is about Christian discipleship. It's how to live a life of faith that pleases God. How to see our lives transformed, to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, and to see as a body the powers of Satan destroyed. But I want you to understand this as we get into this message this morning, that it is written to brothers and sisters. It's written to the church. I think many times when we listen to teaching on a Sunday, we, we just apply it to ourselves. This is about me and my life and how I live my Christian faith. We're really wanting to people to understand that Paul is writing, I'm urging you, urging you, brothers and sisters, church, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. There is a, a cost to building the church in the way God wants the church to be built. It's costly. It's the living sacrifices. The Old Testament, they were dead sacrifices. You and I are to get back on the altar as living, life-giving people and to know the power of the Holy Spirit to kill what belongs to our flesh and to sin and to live a life to the Holy Spirit. Every Sunday should be Resurrection Sunday for all of us. Because there are things that God says, this isn't going to build the community on earth I want it to be built. And therefore, climb back on the altar and allow me to deal with you and to sacrifice that you might live in this new life. Now, what I love here is that I'm going to be focusing on this one verse, verse 3. For the by grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. In the Greek, there is a fourfold repetition of the word think. Think. What you think matters. You know that, don't you? What you thinking now matters in terms of what you will do 
with this message, what you'll do with the day, what you'll do with your life. Thinking matters. And Paul's message to the church there is unmissable. What you think about yourself will shape the way you live, the way you live within the community of the church and the way you live in the world, what you think about yourself. And there is a temptation to go high or low. We had a staff uh, day uh, a few months ago, and the staff day was throwing axes, which was great fun, and uh, archery. And the, the expert leading us in the archery immediately watched each one of us, and every one of us was either aiming low or aiming high. And he had to teach us how to compensate, so we aimed straight. You know, in the church of Jesus Christ, that happens all the time. You get people who are thinking too highly of themselves, they're God's answer to the church, or the majority, I would say, is, is too low. They, they think of themselves as worms. They come in and think, well, I don't, who am I? I'm not much. I, don't want to, I just want to sort of blend in. I want to be a shadow. God wants to build an incredible community called church. And that means every one of us has to think straight. This is a message. If you're aiming high, it's going to lower you. If you're aiming too low, it's going to raise you. To aim at the target God has for you and for this church. See, Roman culture that Paul is part of, he's a Roman citizen himself. You'll know if you know your Roman history or if you've watched any documentaries or films on Rome, that they were very aware of their status, the various classifications you got. Uh, Roman emperor uh, was the only one allowed to wear purple. Only person allowed to wear purple in Roman society was the emperor. You knew who he was when he walked in. Then you had the Senate who wore white and would have some of them a purple sash. They were, they were sort of like your next category down. And then you get these other categories going down from the Senate to, to the upper classes, to the freedmen, to the soldiers. And eventually at the bottom you'd have the slaves. Everybody knew where they fitted into that society. And with that society came people looking up people very proud of who they were. And of course, in our Western culture, although we're not so much tied to a class system as we have been, there is a huge emphasis, isn't there, on success in our society. Those who are impressive and those who are not so impressive. If you make a mistake now in our, in our world, everybody knows about it. Uh, but actually, we're watching these, these people, these men and women on social media, and many of us aspire to look like them, to dress like them, to play football like them. I was at the uh, football game yesterday, 60 plus thousand people. It's amazing watching adoration for a person just kicking a ball of air around a piece of grass. And what Paul is arguing for here this morning, this is all by way of introduction, is for you and I to be sober. He's saying in these verses, a sober judgment. Think of yourself with sober 
judgment. In other words, don't get intoxicated by high society. Don't be destroyed by the beer-bragging rights of your education. Say no to the glass of Merlot of one-upmanship and pedigree. Get yourself sober so you can hear God speaking to you about who you are and what he's called you to do and be part of. So I'm arguing today for you being sober. Don't know how many of you have ever been drunk. Now, I have never been drunk. In fact, I was a teetotaler into my 40s. I occasionally will have a glass of wine at a wedding today, but I've never known what it is to be drunk. But when I was given drugs, when I had a bad accident, my wife said, I know exactly what you'd be like if you got drunk. I know you won't believe this because you know me well, but when I was wheeled into the A&E department, I was suddenly everybody's friend. Little Lewis, who was being wheeled in, I was going, I love you, Lewis! All the best! Hey! I was this other person. When the doctor came over, I said, my word, you're a good-looking young man, aren't you? I, I didn't recognize the person I was on morphine, but I assumed that'd be the person I'd be if I was drunk. You know, we are drunk in our society with this whole thing of, what's impressive and what isn't. Everybody today wants to be recognized and have likes and photographs of themselves. We're drunk in self-importance. But that's not how we're to be when it comes to the church and our life in God. So there's three ways I want us to try and think this morning. I believe Paul wants us to think. So let's look back at this. First of all, I believe God wants to think about yourself. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. I want you to get on the operating theater this morning. I want you to the the, the table of sacrifice and I want to try and allow the Holy Spirit to do brain surgery with all of us. You up for that? You might come out a bit different. Brain surgery. So firstly, how are you thinking about yourself? What do you think of yourself? Just think about it for a second. What do you think of yourself? Think about your childhood, your education, your passions, your loves, your skills. Think about your family, your difficulties, your disappointments. How do you feel about yourself this morning? How do you think you're doing? Are you happy? Do you feel you're using your gifts? Do you feel like you fit in in this church? Do you feel held back? Do you feel over-promoted, promoted beyond your competence? Do you wear a mask? You see, in thinking about yourself, you hold a mirror to your face and to your inner workings. We all think about ourselves a lot. Ephesians 5.28 says, Husbands, love your wives. Love their, ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He's recognizing men, husbands, spend a lot of time thinking about their bodies, the food, the drink, the clothes, their health. And without renewing our minds in God, Paul says we either go high or we go low. In our culture, 
We can be very individualistic. In fact, I would say we have a narcissistic culture. The rise of the selfie. The rise of everyone doing everything right in their own eyes. Looking good. Telling one another how good they are. Spiritual talents, wealth, achievements. Our society is dominated. Social media is dominated by those things, isn't it? The haves and the have-nots. Are you the have or the have-not? I was working in the garden this morning and uh, just heard one of the guys working in the garden. Oh, there's a new restaurant that's opening. £300 a head for a meal without wine. I said, well, it's a good job. It's not without wine, yeah. £300 a head. I mean, the, the bragging rights are in our society with our education, with our clothing, with where we live, with where we've gone to university, we can brag and we can think of ourselves much, much, much more highly than we ought. But actually another problem we have is in we, we can go low. I'm a worm. I'm a nothing. I'm unwanted. I'm unloved. Our society can be dominated by a victim mentality. Life's not fair. I've had all these things working against me. I don't fit in. I'll never fit in. I'm a worm. I, I, I just don't belong. And here's the point Paul wants to make to both of, both of these. Both are wrong. Both are not how Christ wants us to think about ourselves. If you're thinking too much of yourself, if you think you're God's answer to this church, you're, you're in a wrong place. If you're coming in thinking, do you know, I don't really fit. I, I'm, I, I, who am I? I I'm, I'm the newest, the youngest. I'm from another nation. I don't really fit. Yes, you do. You're thinking wrong. And our thinking needs to be changed. To think of yourself differently. Get on that operating table. Now, secondly, you need to think of yourself in relation to God. He says, rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. The measure of faith. Now here's a really important distinction that Paul is making here. A measure of faith is not in terms of Jesus speaking little faith and great faith. He's not talking to Christians about when you were thinking about ourselves that actually some of us will get a great deposit and some of us a little deposit of faith. The measure of faith that Paul is talking about here is salvation faith. When we got saved, the faith that God is he's talking about is saving faith, the faith that saved us. In Romans 11, it talks about Israel uh, and, and, and being the vine and Gentiles being engrafted into the, into the vine. He said, others are broken off. Do not consider yourself superior Consider this, the root supports you. You see, here's what he's trying to say. When you think about your life in relation to God, you need to understand that everything is from God. When God saved you, he saved you out of this world of ego, high, low, into a community of faith and we all entered by the same measure, by the same way, as Andy beautifully talked about last week, the, the mercy seat of Christ. We've got nothing to boast when we come into the church because we all, the only thing we brought to our salvation was our sin. 
So no one in this building can boast and say, I'm better than, I've got more than, I'm cleverer than, because the truth is, none of those things helped us to be saved. In fact, they're a barrier to salvation. There'll be people in this room who are too proud, too rich, too clever to say, I, I don't need Christ. I don't need a crutch. But we, the community of faith, have been saved by grace. And therefore we all fit. We all belong. Every one of us is important to the other. There is no boasting in this place because everything we have has been given as a gift. And the most precious gift we have is salvation, but also we are a gift to one another. And so when you come in as the body of Christ Sunday by Sunday, you need to realize that you need them and they need you. We need one another. Sunday church doesn't finish when the sermon finishes or the worship finishes. It carries on into the, into the food hall. It carries on in all the conversation. It carries on in the small groups in the week because we are God's ministry of grace to one another and the answer to the, one another's prayers. And we'll only do that when we have a sober assessment of ourselves. I'm too important to speak to that person. I don't want to sit at this their table. Now we belong to one another. We were saved by grace. How you think about yourself, thirdly, in relation to others, is really important. It's, Paul begins here, by, for by the grace given me. Verse 3, for by the grace given me. Romans chapter 1, Paul called to be an apostle, a servant. Paul wants to remind them that the gift he carries, an apostolic gift, is one to serve the body, not to exalt his ministry. All ministry is about helping one another, serving Christ's purpose within the church. Paul is saying, in virtue of God's favor and his calling upon his life, he submitted to a higher will. I declare to you, God's will for every believer's life, he says, is to function within the body of Christ. Now, the problem that happens when you are reminded that we are a body, by the way, we're not like a body, we are a body. That's how we are described by God's word, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And 1 Corinthians 12 is a sort of like a, almost like a parallel passage to Romans 12 in terms of it describes, as David read, all the different gifts that we are. We can have teaching gifts, sharing gifts, hospitality gifts, gifts of servant, gifts of finance, gifts of one anothering, gifts of speaking, gifts of prophecy, gifts of tongues, all kinds of gifts, all to do what? Build up the body of Christ. Every one of you is a gift. So this morning as you come into this building, of, you need to understand I have been called by God and given gifts for the blessing of others. For the blessing of others. I'm here for others. I'm not here for myself. I'm here for you. But the problem in 1 Corinthians, I mean, it's a beautiful uh, way Paul does it. Very humorous way. Now the foot, it says in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 15, should not say because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. Verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. 
there's two temptations and high and low spirituality. One is the foot going, I'm Harry Kane's left foot. Watch all the goals, this foot. Yeah, I'm not a hand. How many hands Harry Kane's handballed into the net? No, I'm the foot. I'm the person who scores all the goals around here. I'm the most important person on the pitch. The foot. Or the eye going, I am all-seeing, all-knowing, the super. I'm the eye church. The pride. The, the, I'm only a foot taken for granted or an eye taken for granted. Either which way you look at it. We all have a part to play. We all have a part to play. And I want to be really, really specific here in terms of one of the gifts that God gives to his church that can break the church into factions and pull the church apart. And that's the gift of the tongue. Because in our society, we elevate the tongue. In church, we elevate those who speak well. We elevate those who lead worship well. We elevate those who prophesy. We, we think these are the, somehow, they're the most important ones. And yet they're there for you and I to equip us to be the body of Christ. A month ago, I had to go and have an operation. I had to have a slice of my tongue taken out. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever had a slice of your tongue taken out. But it's not a very nice thing. You, your tongue swells up. You can't eat. Your throat's like this all the time. When people speak to you the first two weeks, how are you guys? I'm fine, thank you. All right? Can't quite hear. You a bit drunk? No, I was just having tongue information. Pardon? It's a very painful thing to have a bit of your tongue cut out. Now, I realized the tongue does more than speak, swallow, drink, everything. The tongue is very important for the health of the body. It exists there for my body to be healthy. People who have the privilege of speaking and leading and leading worship and speaking, they are just servants to empower you to be everything God's called you to be. You know, the focus this morning isn't on whether or not this message comes across well. The focus is on you to be all God's called you to be, but finding that within the community of the church. This is a releasing message for you to say, actually, I am a part of this body and I'm going to give it my all because other people's lives depend on me being who I am in Christ. So I'm going to go back to butterflies just to finish this message. Because it's butterflies that we've been challenged about. We're not calling for a paper spirituality that looks good this morning. People who superficially say hi to one another but don't really care what's going on in each other's lives. I'm asking us to get ourselves on the altar to be transformed, to be an agent for good in this body called Westminster Chapel. So please don't think of yourself too highly. Don't focus on the public gifts. But please, perhaps more pertinently to the majority of us, don't think 
too lowly. I hate my gifts of serving, of caring, of praying. I hate the fact that I'm always hidden. I'm taken for granted. I want to be more noticed. You are vital for what God is building here in this church. Every one of you. So Andy asked if I could write a poem just to illustrate about butterflies. Just so you get the bearings here. This is a picture Heather's done. Swallowtail is the big yellow one. Ringlet is the brown one. And a wood white is the white butterfly. Just so you understand the narrative of the poem. Three British butterflies alighted on a twig. One was quite small. Then came average. The last was big, big swallowtail. Smiles at the others and opens his big shiny wings. Dazzling yellow jet black stripes, ends of red blue rings. Well, average ringlet opened his wings. The only color, brown. A few black spots that drew the eye away from his sad and lowly frown. Small, wood white, insignificant. His only color, white. Boring, dull, ghost light, in dark or murky light. I'm glad I'm not like you two, crooned the brilliant swallowtail. Ringlet, you are so brown and white, you look too pale. Look at me, so fancy, with my bold stripes and long tail, as fast as any schooner with its large and unfurled sails. I am a golden yellow, my eye spots blue and red. Boring are the both of you without butterfly street cred. I'm really too important to spend my time with you. So toodle pip, I beat his end. It's really time I flew. Leaping from his twiggy rest, wing beats one, then two. He meets a slimy lizard tongue that sticks like super glue. Delicious, crunched the reptile. A tasty little bite. I only see big and yellow. I've got terrible eyesight. You see the point. What we think of as big and clever and important actually can draw all the wrong type of attention. God is interested in the whites and the browns, the people that do insignificant stuff in this church. They're the real heroes. They're the people that are building this church for the glory of God. And let us put our focus on one another and on him who has equipped this church to be all that it should be. And let us today put this word into practice by being God's grace to one another. Let us not think it's the super swallowtails that are going to be the, they're going to do it all, build it all, see it all. It's in us, the body of Christ, that we will find the means of grace. I started with Charlie Chaplin. 
The truth is, I'm urging you today to stop pretending. I'm urging you to be the person God has called you to be. And then as you are that person, as you release those gifts into this body, the orchestra, this wonderful orchestra will really sing. We'll really be the body of Christ to this London city that we're trying to reach. So I'd like you to stand. I'd like the worship band to come up. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to sing a song, and then we're going to go into uh, the Lord's table, into breaking of bread. But let me ask you whilst our heads are bowed. Firstly, three obvious questions. Are you livingly connected to the church? Because this is where you are meant to find your life. Are you, secondly, being using those gifts? Are you being discipled in those gifts so that you can be everything you can be? Or are you disqualifying yourself as a brown or white insignificant butterfly? And are you sober this morning? Are you stone cold sober that you'll offer your body as living sacrifice and say, God, I want to be your means of grace to bless and build the eternal church. Holy Spirit, I pray you would come in the power of God, in your power and anointing, that every life, every soul, every brain that's been put on the altar today, Lord, you would renew our thinking. The battle is for the mind, Lord. Everything is won or lost in how we think about ourselves, how we think about you, and how we think about one another. And so I pray for a transforming metamorphosis, renewal of the mind today. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. May we find in this series, in this season, a way to be the church to one another, alive to the Spirit, using our gifts for the glory of God. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship Him. Thanks for listening to Sermon Audio from Westminster Chapel. If you'd like to partner with us in making disciples and sharing the gospel, please consider making a one-off or regular donation. Visit westminsterchapel.org.uk forward slash giving to find out how.